going to go to uh, the second chapter of First John. First John chapter two. And please uh, continue to pray this morning. Seemed like not long ago I, I tried to preach uh, further further along in this chapter uh, on uh, the 24th verse, but uh, I want to start at the beginning of this second chapter, 1 John, uh, and go through some thoughts in here. Um, to... And to understand instead of just simply beginning and reading some of these verses uh, here, we need to know uh, generally uh, what this epistle is about. It is not any sort of a, uh, a test or a a check on whether or not we are children of God. It's not that. If, if you begin reading from the beginning of this epistle all the way through, or just start at second chapter or wherever in this, uh, and have that incorrectly in your mind, that, okay, as I'm reading this, this, this kind of tells me whether or not I'm a child of God, if I do these things, if I don't, and so forth. It's not that. It is both uh, a, a, an epistle of assurance uh, and of discipleship in Jesus Christ. He's already talking to children of God, and I think, well, and, and I know there's much about the unregenerate or those who are not in the uh, elect world and, and, and all, but... And, but again, this is this is to us. If the Apostle Paul and John and all, if they can say we and us and I and include themselves in these groups, then I believe that we can do that. That we're in that group by Jesus Christ, not of anything of ourselves, uh, not of anything of ourselves. Uh, I I thought it was interesting that uh, that the first song that Brother Roger led this morning, that three fifty three. That at least a lot of the message in to me in those I believe three verses there, as I tried to read the words, uh, is about this here in in making us more holy, and 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 uh, just you go back and read that sometime and those that poem and and will you see that, uh, but uh, so it's not and and uh, a. A pastor or a minister in the primitive Baptist church, in the church of the living God, should never make anyone in the congregation question whether or not they are a child of God. That is not, that should not be the purpose, to go away questioning, well, am I a child of God or am I not? That's not now. We are to uh, uh, to uh, preach in a way that would give you more assurance that you are a child of God. 
Uh, and uh, we are to exhort you in discipleship and f- close fellowship with God. Certainly we'll, we'll see that there are blessings in that, but it's what we're to do because we are children of God. Uh, so past, certainly a pastor should, should do that. Now, so the last few, few Sundays uh, I, uh, that I preached uh, in, in uh, 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, uh, spoke about casting all your cares upon him because for he careth for you uh, and then uh, I spoke about the uh, uh, our spirit that uh, beareth our iniquities and then but a wounded spirit who can bear and so forth so I spoke a lot on that on relieving ourselves of some of those cares well and today it looks like and as I tried to study this and, and meditate upon it and and, and so forth, I thought, well, today I seem to be piling on some things. So I've got you all cleared up, ready to go, emptied out of all your cares. Now I'll give you some things to do. <laughs> and yet, you're doing them already knowing that you're a child of God, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the way we begin. So we're already beginning on a firm foundation. He says, my little children. So he, he, he speaks in a certain way here. My little children. You think of a shepherd speaking to lambs, to sheep. My little children. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. Uh, now when I... I'm, and I'm, Life is just a constant set of corrections. It is for me. Uh, and uh, I would typically think, well, uh, these things, he, he's writing to them that they sin not. The fact that he doesn't say that, that I write these things, write these things uh, I unto you that ye sin less. Now, in striving to do what he does say here, we do, we do, hopefully, we sin less. Uh, I tend to, uh, I, I tend to hit those easy ones first. Because I, as I try to think, you know, and I, we, we pray forgiveness of our sins uh, and all in, in our lives, knowing that eternally they've been put away. But here in life, as we're judged by Jesus Christ, that, that we would sin uh, less and less, that, that he says that we sin not. If we keep that goal, that we sin not, which we will never keep, <laughs> we'll never attain that goal, but that's what we keep our eyes on. He should just say, if, I just, if he just said, that, that, I write these things to you, that, that you sin less, yet you do better. And all, then it's up to me. I'm able to. I'm a professional rationalizer. <laughs> I can rationalize that. It's like, okay, I can go to sleep tonight because, oh, I sinned less. I marked these couple of things off. I didn't do those today. <laughs> and all you can, you know, work that around. But if I think, well, I still haven't met that goal, I didn't, I didn't clear all of them up uh, because we're going to have, have those in, in life. 
so he, he, he writes these things uh, unto them that they sin not. Uh, but then immediately he says, and you know what the next part says, and if any man sin, so he's already acknowledging, okay, if any man sin, well, they're going to. They're going to. Uh, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have an advocate. So if you stopped there at that, uh, that uh, for, well, that's, a, that's a, a complete sentence there, that first one that I read, that you sin not. If you stop there, then I would, I would begin to, I would build myself up into a frenzy. Oh, my goodness, I can't do this. I can't do this. What if I can't? What if I don't? Uh, if I'm not good at uh, not sinning. Uh, but then he says, if any man sin, we have an advocate. Uh, we, there's one of those we's right there. John says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, we will see that Jesus Christ, our advocate, does not advocate for everyone in the world. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not everyone's intercessor. Uh, now we can, uh, and, and uh, so so as we go through the well, let me go to Romans chapter five real quick. Uh, try to keep this in some order this morning. Uh, Well, I just want to grab one, one verse here. It's the, Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. We know that there are many children of God, past, present, and future. There's many. We know of the preeminence of Jesus Christ that I don't have to be concerned uh, about, well, we don't have to be concerned about anything when we're in heaven, but of it being a a lonely, empty place. Uh, The family of God is massive, and there are other scriptures, obviously, and probably even better to prove that, so forgive me. Uh, but uh, uh, and uh, and I think well then I would immediately say well it's going to be too crowded then I I won't I'll be crammed up there among all these these folks and and I'll, no it's not that either but the reason I know that is that we're going to be satisfied Amen. when I was when I was younger uh, that I and I don't know when this stopped but I would think well I I just feel like if we're we're going to sing. You know, so I, we're, I'm going to be so bored up there. Is that all we're going to do? No, no, there's not going to be any boredom. And, and, and you, you all may have other things. Well, if, unless I do this, this, and this, I'm going to either be bored or I'm just, I'm just not going to like heaven. I just like to stay here and all. But that's not going to be the case. It's not going to be the case. Uh, so, so he. There, there are many. This, this, this uh, great number, as the sands of the sh- shore, uh, the stars of the sky, uh, is who uh, Jesus Christ uh, has saved. Now, in uh, let me go to 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to head back to uh, the second chapter of 1 John, but in uh, Matthew, the seventh chapter... Matthew chapter 7, the 13th verse. Matthew 7 and 13. Jesus Christ says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. This is not talking about a choice. If I don't enter into that in that straight gate, then I will lose my salvation that purchased for me by Jesus Christ himself. It's not talking about that. It's talking about here. It's talking about here. And he continues, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That's talking about here. This is talking about just what the Apostle John is speaking of, is discipleship here. There are many, and we already know this massive, huge number uh, that God gave to His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, And so uh, uh, there are many here that do not have the discipleship, true followers, true discipleship. They don't uh, uh, attain that. Uh, and, and part of that is following the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, certainly truth. Uh, and and uh, see, uh, John, uh, the apostle John mentions truth uh, over, over there. Uh, and so uh, this, uh, uh, we don't have to uh, uh, talk about destruction if I don't do something here uh, eternally. We're saved. And so there's there's a huge relief. And I talked about that in casting all your cares on him. The, one of those cares immediately that I began with is the care of our eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. Uh, and and so I don't have to worry now. Uh, and there are, well, again, there's scripture here that, that where there are blessings in doing this. It's like, well, if, if why even do this? If uh, if I know that I'm saved and 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 when I'm separated in death here, soul from my body, then I'll be in heaven. Well, that's a true statement. But uh, and I don't uh, I don't have the desire to uh, to enter into this straight uh, way in this straight gate uh, to to just simply selfishly gain blessings in my life. Uh, I realize that will happen. Uh, I feel like I have a desire to do that, and it's got to be through Jesus Christ abiding in me. I would have no other reason to want to do that. And I do. Many times I want to do this, and I don't. You know, we we talk about God not wanting for anything. Well, many times I want to do something or not do something, and I go ahead and, and do it and, and, and so forth. But uh, uh, so... Uh, but. Uh, uh, there's a closeness there, and that's what John's talking about, and here Jesus Christ. And I think, okay, well, I've lived a lot of my life now. I don't know how much farther they keep 
shoving up the, the age of retirement and so forth because people are living longer and everything and, and, and than they used to. And so I don't, who knows how long I'll live. If, if we take care of ourselves physically, uh, then we, we, we may live a while. Uh, but uh, uh, we don't have to worry that if I don't do this, I will lose that salvation. That will not happen. And no matter what time in life that that is, that that takes place, if I and, and uh, I, I, my dedication and devotion to God Almighty, to Jesus Christ, it ebbs and flows, the, the intensity of, of that. Uh, uh, and, and yet, uh, I don't have to worry if, if uh, well, uh, there's some that believe uh, that you have to uh, take of uh, communion or the Lord's Supper and all, you know, each, each Sunday, each week and all. And if you don't do that or don't confess your sins, you're going to lose that salvation and all, uh, unless you get back down there and do that uh, again and all. Uh, and, and so there's, there's that. But if I fail... Uh, to uh, 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 per- persevere, strive, and work to be a disciple in this life, that does not touch my salvation eternally. Now here, Jesus Christ is speaking of a destruction here. There is a destruction. Uh, and I tend to look back, and I've mentioned this in recent days and, and or weeks and months, uh, but uh, that I look back and when you look back and see how certain things, events, scenarios could have gone, could have played out, then you see the deliverance of God. He watches out for us he, because he cares for us. Uh, now, in uh, Psalm 89, the 89th Psalm, I believe... Yes, okay. Psalm 89, 30th verse. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments. So this is what John's saying, and he will say more specifically, we'll address this in John's writing there in, that, uh, in, in 1 John, second chapter in a moment. So children forsake my law, Walk not in my judgments. If they break my statutes and keep not my commandments. Doesn't sound really good so far. (laughs) He then says, Then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. There's going to be some punishment, some chastisement involved there. If they do these, or in the negative, they don't do these things. But then he says here, nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. His loving kindness will not end. Yes, he's going to, uh, uh, to exert and, and exercise punishment and we see that with Israel. I've preached many times, and other ministers have too, on the punishments of it and the bondage and so forth. There is some there. So, uh, but then, let me, one more verse. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out 
of my lips. So it's covenant. If I if I tried to preach to you, if you don't enter in that straight gate, and I never well, I never want to discourage you from being a close, a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage that. Uh, but uh, if if you don't do that, maybe you do it one day, not the next, and that's like and, and you say, okay, I've lost my uh, eternal life. I've lost that now. If you're saying that Jesus Christ has broken that covenant, it's not just on me that well, it's me. I'm I'm being humble and and, and admitting I've broken these statutes, these commandments, these laws of God, uh, but. If you go on, if you don't keep truth involved there, you're saying that, uh, that God is a liar because he says he will not break his covenant. That's, that is solid. It is so solid, that firm foundation that we have. And so we can cast that care upon him and then continue uh, to uh, uh, follow the second chapter of 1 John. In keeping his commandments, and I even haven't even gotten to that, but uh, he, these things he writes uh, to us that we sin not. Uh, but if we do, we have an advocate with the Father in Jesus Christ. So then in the second verse, just got to the second verse. I'm not, I'm not going to go too many verses. Uh, and he is the propitiation for our sins. So he, uh, and all that means, in this case, there's another place or two, it means the mercy seat. This is, this is atonement or satisfaction. So we can do what it says, uh, strive not to sin, what it says in the first verse, because of the second verse. He's made satisfaction. He satisfied eternally God's law. Uh, he, he, he satisfied the debt uh, that we owed. He didn't owe it. Jesus Christ didn't owe anything. He redeemed us. Uh, and so he atoned. He made peace uh, with God for us in our place. We couldn't have done it. So even if we had the desire to do that and wanted to, uh, well, I want to have a part of this. What part do I have in this, in, in my eternal salvation? We don't have a part. We have everything to do with discipleship, with discipleship. <clears throat> so he's the propitiation for our sins. So he's give, immediately after saying that we sin not, he's giving us assurance. You've got this. This is the second, and, and it's really it's a continuation of this, uh, uh, this second sentence from the first verse there. So he continues to say that. Uh, so he says, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Uh-oh, I, I guess that means that he's a propitiation for the entire race of Adam? No, that's not what that means. Why would Jesus Christ in John 17 and 9 say that I pray not for the world? He prays for the elect world. He prays for all those for whom he is our advocate. Uh, 
again, there's different, there's different uh, worlds. In uh, the fifth chapter of this, uh, of this same book, epistle, 1 John 5 and verse 19, just real quickly since I'm so close here. He says, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Well, the whole world does not lie in wickedness. There's different worlds. We have proof of that uh, and, and by Scripture. Prove Scripture by Scripture. And it's not always, it's not always easy. And again, when I was younger, well, how can you, you know, prove one scripture by another scripture over there? Some of it's more obvious. Uh, but uh, if, off the top of your head, as you're reading and studying, if, it, if you're going to go one direction or another, uh, if I'll just give you this real quick. Uh, if you go in the direction that gives God the glory, that it gives him more praise, honor, and glory, and gives you none, or little, whatever, in whatever it is, that's the route that's probably the right way to go in that, in your interpretation of that. Uh, third verse says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So there's some incentive there. There's something to do if we keep, so there's an if there. So, again, there is no if involved except uh, if you're in the family of God, if you've been chosen by God, you'll be saved, you have eternal life and so forth. But if it's something for here for us to do, if we keep his commandments, hereby we do know that we know him. And if you grab, if we grab, let me grab the fourth verse, and this kind of goes together. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments... Uh, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that uh, we are in him. So this is some reassurance there. And this knowledge here, we talk of the knowledge that is uh, planted within us in regeneration. We have that knowledge and we through faith. The faith, uh, uh, then we, we know certain things. This is an experiential knowledge here. It's, it's here, and it's perfected it, if we keep his commandments. I speak of that all the time. When we, uh, when we, have, we can look back and see when we have uh, been blessed to uh, be, uh, even but for a moment, a true disciple of Jesus Christ in truth. Uh, and in spirit, when that happens, uh, uh, then uh, this is that knowledge. We realize that and that we, we have that knowledge within us. Uh, and it's, it's, per, per, uh, it's perfected or matured over time. Now, in Second Peter, uh, the first chapter... <clears throat> Second Peter, chapter one and verse ten, and I'll try to wrap this up. <clears throat> this one verse says, "Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence, give diligence <clears throat> to make your calling and election sure." 
Does that mean if you don't uh, give diligence, then you may lose that election or that calling? No. Thank you, Sister Debbie. That is exactly right. It does not mean any sort of, of thing near that. Make your, your, it's already your calling and your election. It's yours through Christ Jesus. But give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Uh, doesn't mean you won't ever fall. That you're, if you don't do these things, you will fall eternally. No. And when, when it speaks of falling from grace... That's here. If we fall, we, we can fall. Are we still children of God? Yes. If this happens on my deathbed, if I fail at that time, well, Lord, I've done good all my life. I sound like one of the rich, the rich young ruler or someone, you know, it's like I've done good all my life, and yet I'm, I'm about to uh, separate here, and I fail. I think of the word, some of the wording in Job, curse God and die and all. Will I have lost my salvation in Jesus Christ? No, because that's saying that his covenant, that he has broken his covenant. That's, and that is not right. So no matter what, I will not lose that. Now, when I pray, and I prayed this morning, and as I wrapped up my prayer, uh, I prayed that God, and, and, and typically I will say, uh, ask the Lord, and uh, uh, be with me, or be with whoever I'm praying for. Be with us in death, at that moment of death. Be with me. I want to still be looking to God. And I think, well, will he still be with me if I am, uh, have not persevered at that point? Well, he will. Will I be uh, punished, as it said in Psalm 89? Possibly. But then I think of the time even leading up to that. We, we have many around us. I, we, know, uh, we have known of some that were, that were unless God intervened, uh, were terminally ill. And they were, they were bound to die, the natural death. And if, when you go talk to them, then you're reassured in Jesus Christ because they, those people, you typically will reassure you. It's like they're so ready. They're so ready to have this separation of this illness. And I, the first thing that comes to my mind many times is, is this terrible disease of cancer uh, that, that so many people suffer and then, then die, and they, but they suffer greatly at that. Uh, but uh, uh, so uh, we, we pray leading up to death and then at that moment. I want peace at that moment. And I, I, I foresee that. I, I uh, anticipate that. I expect that. At that moment. But I pray that I am diligently seeking him at that time. Now, in, uh, also in Isaiah, the, the first chapter of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah chapter 1. I can get there. <clears throat> I'll leave you this with this one verse. It says, 
after saying everything he has before, which I'm tempted to read, but I won't, just 19th verse, first chapter, Isaiah, the beginning of a sentence, but it says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. There's the blessings. There's the blessings in being obedient uh, and, and willing, willing and obedient. I don't want to do it grudgingly and, 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 well, if I'm forced to, if I have to, I'll do this. That's not true discipleship. But we'll eat, the, I want to eat the good of the land. And I think of what land? Canaan's land, certainly, the church. Uh, and uh, being part of the, the family, uh, the, the eternal family of God uh, in covenant with him. But when you read 1 John, when you read his epistles, you think about discipleship and fellowship with Jesus Christ, with one another. He gets into love and he gives some warnings uh, of, of, of then and of now and of the future, of, the, uh, of Antichrist, plural, and the Antichrist, uh, singular. And, and I, I, I for, first began looking at that and, and wound up where I did. I hope God was in it. But, uh, uh, but so he warns us of these things, of those that are against Christ. Uh, and, and we can spot most of those, but, but Satan, and it talks about uh, uh, Satan even uh, uh, becoming, uh, as it were, an angel of light. And then his, uh, his ministers, his servants. And in fact, you look up at that word minister, wherever that verse was, I can't recall it off the top of my head, it's in the New Testament, but uh, where uh, uh, you look up that word ministers uh, of, of Satan, and that is uh, servants, of course. His, uh, but it's also ser- servants, ministers, deacons. It's the same word as used in other places. And so that's certainly Antichrist. And, and Satan, and it speaks of his subtle, subtlety. And I've spoken of that. I am, it's my uh, responsibility, my duty as a minister and as a pastor to, uh, to warn you of these things. But do I want to come back and tell you that there's great blessings and you'll eat of the good of the land? Yes, you will if you do these things. Uh, And our Heavenly Father delights in that. He is pleased. He is pleased. And I don't want to think, you know, my, my warped logic is, well, let me, okay, I've done all these good things. I've been a true disciple uh, in the last three days and all, let me and I think, well, maybe I can just pile up some of those uh, good things that I've done, and so that next week when I'm not so good, you know, then then he'll still bless. You don't think that way. True to some, that ye sin not. There's the goal. There is the goal to sin not. So difficult, but I exhort you as the apostle John did here. And as he spoke, uh, whether or not he was the pastor at the church at Ephesus or not, he lived there. Uh, History and tradition tells it that he was at Ephesus. Uh, He was uh, uh, maybe the only apostle that did not die of martyrdom. Uh, But uh, uh, he spoke, uh, even in his epistles, in a pastoral way. My my little children. Uh, He loved them. John. Uh, he, he was all about love, and, and, and that is the way 
uh, we are to handle things. And, and uh, even up to, uh, uh, up to this very day, then, I've seen if God will bless me to do that in whatever I may need to handle or do in my life, whether it's work, church, family, whatever it is, then if I do it in love, then uh, uh, He will bless that and it will turn out all right. That's hard. That goes against my nature. It goes against your nature to do that. It's difficult because then pride come, comes in. Go back to that sermon of First uh, Peter, the fifth chapter, and look at that. Humble yourselves before God and cast all your cares upon him. May God bless and keep you is my prayer. Amen. We'll sing a song now. Let's stand and sing number 157. Number 157.